Know the Source on One Radio Network. Well, well, a very pleasant good afternoon to you. And we got a little surprise here. I, I, I must have messed up because uh, we set it up with Max to do the show and I didn't have the time correct. But uh, now we have it correct and it's Max Egan. He's going to be here with you in just a second here. And um, thecrowhouse.com is Max's uh, website, thecrowhouse.com. And he's down in Acapulco and he does a great deal of research and looks at things at geopolitical, financial, spiritual level. Cool guy. And we always enjoy talking to Max. And let's say hi. Mr. Max, you're looking great. How are you doing? How are you, Patrick? Good to talk to you again, brother. Yeah, nice to talk to you. How are things in Mexico? Good? Yeah, good? Hot. Hot and then a little hot when it's not hot. Then sometimes it's hotter. (laughs) (laughs) And then it gets a little less hot. Uh (laughs) Has it been a while before you've been down under? So you're from Australia, right? In the New Zealand area? I'm from Australia. I haven't been there since October 2021. Beginning of October 2021, October 4th. So it's been a while, almost two years since I've been home. How are they doing as far as their uh, all the injections and stuff? And is it all blown over down there? Is it is pretty much here? Australia is full blown dystopia. They're still pushing the jabs. They're still saying people need more jabs. It's incredible. They're rolling out the smart cities and they're taking ATMs out of everywhere, so you can't even withdraw cash. Really? Uh, they're really trying to push this digital currency and this digital ID and all this sort of crap. So it's uh, it's full blown dystopia, unfortunately. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you think that uh, this, whatever the central bank digital currency, whether it be IMF or who knows, in different countries, you think that these folks are going to be able to roll with this and just pick up how many people are going to do it and they'll be they'll be okay with that? Or what's your well, they're kind of They're kind of putting it so you don't have a choice. Like if they're taking ATMs out, if, if they tell you there's a cash shortage, people just believe it. Uh, you know, so if you can't get cash and you need to buy fuel for your car and they say, well, all we've got is this CBDC, you, you're going to find people who just pushed into it, unfortunately. Uh, there needs to be a major pushback. Like, people just need to refuse, but that's going to depend on whether they're prepared to sacrifice some of their life for a little while because, like I said, you're not going to be able to buy fuel. There's things you're not going to be able to do, and you're going to find that there's a percentage of people that will go with it and that's what they're going to drag the rest of everybody in, mm. unfortunately. So it's a, it's a tricky situation, brother. It yeah. really is. And it's coming in right around the world in all countries. Like Everywhere. Like yeah. all countries. Do, do you think that uh, <coughs> then that they'll use this, you got to do it because then you take away your privileges and then people will just do it because, well, it's just, you know, it's, yeah, it, let's just do it and we'll get to be able to buy it. Oh, like yeah. Well, they'll do it because they don't have a choice. They'll do it because they want to buy food, they want to buy fuel, they want to buy the everyday things that they need, and then they're going to find that they're locked into that system, and that's when they'll start losing their privileges. Like, you know, if they don't like what you posted on Facebook or, or whatever, if they think you've eaten too much meat mm-hmm. in the last couple of weeks, you know, well, it's here, we can see what you're purchasing, so you've been buying all these, you know, carbon-unfriendly products so you're down on your carbon credit points, so you can't travel this week or whatever. And they want to replace all the vehicles with electric vehicles, put everyone in their 15-minute zones. And then they've got you. If you've got a digital currency, you've got a digital ID, you've got an electric car, and you've got this 15-minute zone with sensors on it, you leave the zone, your car stops working, your, your credit card doesn't work, you get told to go home or they come and arrest you, you know, take you off to a, 
correction center, you know. So it's pretty drastic. They're turning the whole world into a, into a prison, into little 15-minute ghettos, 20-minute ghettos. And, uh, I mean, you can tell this is the plan because they say they're doing all this for your, your convenience, these 15-minute cities they want to put in everywhere. So you can go and buy a bottle of milk easy without affecting the climate by having to drive an hour and, you know, creating all that pollution, you know. But they're not putting in all the stores and all the things you'd need in your 15-minute city to make it a livable area. The first thing they're putting in place is surveillance cameras and roadblocks. So, you know, it, it's not about creating a livable area for you. It's creating a, a, an inclusion zone that you can't get out of. You know, it, it's, it's a prison. They're turning the whole world into a prison. 15-minute cities, 20-minute cities, 10-minute cities. They're even talking about five-minute cities in some places. So you got to, everything's within five minutes of your house. You can't go any further. It's a nightmare what they're doing. Max Egan, you, you've been looking at this for a long time. And I mean, is this surprising to you that whoever these people are are being able to, are being able to pull it off? I mean, as they are. Uh, I'm, I'm surprised it's happened so quickly. Yeah. I mean, I was talking about this on my, my show that I released yesterday. Like, when we think about it, back in 2019, at the end of 2019, we were in some semblance of normality. I yeah. mean, yeah. the world was dysfunctional, sure. We knew it was. I mean, we knew all this stuff was coming, but, but things were kind of the way, you know, the way they were. And in three short years, like actually less than three years, look what they've done. It started from two weeks to flatten the curve. Just two weeks. Yeah. Just stay home for two weeks to flatten the curve. As soon as everyone got locked down, they rolled out all the 5G towers. They were working around the clock, like 24 hours a day, to get this infrastructure, this surveillance infrastructure in place while people were in lockdown. And we've had, we've had like, now we've got smart IDs. We've got digital currency. We've got the transgenderization of children. They're cutting their genitals off. We've got, they're basically um, normalizing pedophilia. The, the change, like all the stuff they've done with the education system, the LGBTQ, all this stuff, look look at where we are now, yeah. three years later, and it <laughs> came from two weeks to flatten the curve. Like, wow. What happened? What happened to the human race? Hmm. Now, they've done all this since they declared the pandemic. They've literally changed the world, changed the infrastructure of our societies, changed the mentality of our societies. What surprised me is how, how easily people have gone along with it. Yeah. But I suspect... I can't prove it, but I suspect a lot of it is because of the jab. I think the jab is changing people's personalities. I mean, like I said, one of the first things they did in the lockdown was roll out all the 5G towers. We've, there's been extensive research. We know even, even politicians in Australia have categorically stated, yes, we're finding nanotechnology and routers and all sorts of stuff in the vaccines, all these graphene parts that are self-assembling graphene parts in the vaccine. <laughs> it's been well documented that people are given out Bluetooth signals and all sorts of stuff like that. So it's like they hook people up and they're putting some frequency in there, which is just changing the way people think. You know, I, I suspect, I mean, I, I know people that have said to me, oh, my sister had the jab and now she's, she's different. She's changed. Really? I mean, she's still there, hmm. but she's changed. Her personality has changed. She says things and thinks things that she never did before. So I would suspect that's how they've done it with a lot of people. And that's, that's who's dragging us in to this dystopia, you know? Wow, and there's no real way of knowing exactly how this is all working with the jabs, right, Max? We just don't know because it's so new, and, and who knows how long they've been working on it. I mean, probably a long time. I think they have been working on it a long time, you know, and, and it's, 
I mean, people are reacting in different ways. People say, well, why isn't everyone dying and blah, blah, blah. Well, it's going to depend on the biological environment they put this stuff into. It depends on how many jabs and vaccines you've had in your life, what sort of diet you're on. Sure. I mean, all sorts of contributing factors. So everybody's a different kind of biological environment. But the um, common factor with all of them is the graphene, the nanotech, the way these operating systems seem to be being set up inside people and the fact that they're giving off Bluetooth signals. I mean, even the people that are dead are giving off Bluetooth signals from beyond the grave. There's people that have gone through graveyards and they've checked. They go to an area in the graveyard that's, that's pre-2020 and it's all clear. They go to a, a part of the graveyard that's post-2020 and people are giving off Bluetooth signals from below the ground. So we know this is going on. <laughs> That's crazy. It is. It's 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 crazy. Absolutely crazy. But we knew they were going to do this. I mean, Elon right. Musk with his neural mesh, and you know, we've been talking about this for years. Right. It's just how are they going to go about it? How are they going to hook people up? How are they get these chips into people? How are they going to get in there and mind control people? And I think that's what the 5G towers went up for straight away. That was the first thing they put up. Even before, like no one's getting 5G on their phone, maybe a little bit, but even if you do, it doesn't make any difference. Yeah. I mean, you don't notice any difference in bandwidth or anything. Because, And that's what I said years ago, 5G isn't for you, 5G is for the AI. So it can monitor people in real time and it can monitor massive amounts of people at the same time. And that's what I think it's all about. And, and I think that's a hugely contributing factor. I think a lot of what we're facing here in our efforts to wake people up and the obstacles we're facing are electromagnetic. People are just thinking differently because their thoughts are being interfered with. So, so there's a way to actually inter, interfere with a person's mental um, construct through, through this stuff? They actually are feeding people information, do you think, Max? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the, there's been experiments and patents, like two radio shows ago, I went through a list of patents. This patent's going back as, 19, as far as 1974. Patent US 3951134, apparatus and method for remotely monitoring and altering brain waves. It's 1974. You've got a patent for audio, auditory subliminal message system and method, 1980. We've got a device for reproducing voice information in a subliminal technique, 1986. We've got syringe implanted identification transponder patent in 1991, remote magnetic manipulation of nervous system, 1995, apparatus mm. for audibly, audibly communicating speech using radio frequency hearing effects, 96, therapeutic behavior modification, compliance monitoring and feedback system implants, 97, communication system and method including brainwave analysis and or use of brain activity, 1998, thought transmission unit, sends modulated electromagnetic wave beams to human receiver to influence thoughts and actions without electronic receiver, 2002. That's just some of the patents that wow. they've got. And that's how crazy. they go back. I had no idea. Do you think that our ability to uh, be spiritually aware of who we are in this whole soul-mind-body matrix is the only way that we're going to protect ourselves? That's a wake I think a lot of it is. Yeah. I think a lot of it is. Um, and, and don't take these jabs. Don't, don't, don't oh, yeah, take don't do anything that. Yeah. they give you. Um, think for yourself. Think for yourself. Well, I think a lot of it is, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's consciousness. It's, it's mm -hmm. knowing who and what you are. Even when you're having these weird thoughts, thinking about it, you know, is, is that my thought? Right. Why would I think, you know? And then you can so, choose yeah. to uh, get involved with that thought if you want or just let it go.
Yeah, yeah. I mean, a bit of meditation. Look at look at what's going on inside your head and see where your thoughts are coming from. Sometimes mm-hmm. we have weird thoughts pop into our head, and we're just like, where did that come yeah, from? Exactly. Yeah. There was uh, there was a, a period in, in Australia where. There was a friend of mine who just was thinking one day, he's just sitting there thinking, oh, look, I should just go and get the jab. I should just stop fighting. I should just go and get the jab. And he thought, why did I think that? <laughs> why did I think that? Why on earth would I think that? Mm-hmm. And then he found out that that day there was a huge uptake in vaccines. So many people went out and got the jab that day. You can't tell me that wasn't some thought that they were putting in the carrier wave that was just going into people. You know, I, I think they can do this. I really do. Like I said, all the patents are there. Yeah. Now, people look at this and they think, oh, this is science fiction. Well, actually, no, it's not. They do have patents and they can do this. And there's, I even had in my videos, I've showed experiments of that, where they're working on changing the emotions of cats back in the 60s. Uh, one, one where they injected nanotechnology into a rat and they were able to get the genes to switch on and off using radio frequencies and nanotechnology. These are MIT experiments back from the 60s and 70s and stuff. So they've been able to do this stuff for a long time. So I think of where they've taken it now and consider those patents that I just read out. And that's just some of them. That's just 1974 to 2002. What have they been doing since 2002? And that's 20 years ago. So, you know. And, and going back to what you said earlier, which is so profound, I mean, we think about, what, three or four years and it's, the, it's like the entire consciousness, you know, of change and all this stuff, you know, the 15-minute mm. cities and everything that they pulled off in a very short time. If, it's like crazy. If you had yeah, if you had drag queens going and doing story time to preschool in 2019, yeah. people would have been outraged. This yes. would have been seen as child abuse, would have been seen as, as grooming, pedophiles. I mean, it, it would people would be outraged. Now they're supporting it. Now they're, they're cheering. They're taking their kids and they're thinking this is a good thing. It's promoting tolerance. No, you, you, you're, you're getting children's stories and you're getting these men who are dressed up ridiculously, like these drag queens. They're like a parody of, of a woman. They're not, they don't make themselves look like a woman. They put on too much makeup and all this. They look like a freaking monster, you know. They're like a parody of, uh, of men and they're a parody of women. And they're, they're like totally like an abomination. And they're sitting there reading children's stories to children. Their minds are very susceptible, very open. And they're normalizing this sort of activity. This is outrageous. And this would have been frowned upon. These people would have been arrested. There's no way this would have been allowed in 2019. Mm. I mean, drag queens are adult performers. They generally perform in nightclubs to drunken men who like to see other men dressed up as women, you know. They're not something that you take to children's story times. I mean, and you've got to question the mentality of the government that would do this. But then a drag queen, a drag queen who is an adult performer, why? Would you want to go and read stories to toddlers? What's going on here? What's really on your mind? What's your real intention? You know, think about that one. No. Um, you know, I was thinking about how they're giving all of these different hormones to these trans people, and we know how delicate the hormonal system is and how just ladies going through, you know, menses and, and the menopause can get all out of sorts just sometimes because of their diet and and I can't imagine what these kids are going through being pumped up with all these hormones, testosterone or estrogen, how they could even think clearly. I mean, you can see how they're in really a mess. They're really in, in bad shape, right? That's terrible. Well, they are. And, and you know, that, I, I said back at the beginning of the pandemic, they're, they're coming for your children. A lot of what this is about is your children. They want to separate the parents from the children. And they're coming for your children. They want to depopulate, get rid of a lot of the old people, get rid of a lot of the old knowledge. 
which is what they've done through this scandemic. I mean, the way they locked all these old people in nursing homes. and I mean, all this stuff that's happened in the last three years. Like, literally, we were locking our grandparents in nursing homes and starving them to death, putting people on ventilators. Most of the people who they claim died from COVID actually died on ventilators. ventilators. It's, it's outrageous what they've done. And now they're normalising pedophilia. We can't call it pedophilia anymore. Now they're minor attracted persons. Someone showed me a uh, logo. There's a, some sort of a gay pride thing happening in uh, in Brisbane or Sydney or something in Australia. And I showed on an interview yesterday and the guy put the flyer up on the screen and it's gone from LGBTQ to LGBTI. QAP. Yeah. What is that? That's uh, I don't know. I was wondering what look, the P is probably for pedophiles at the end, but what's the I and the A for? Maybe idiots and assholes, you know? <laughs> um, but um, crazy. I mean, how many letters are they going to have on this thing at the end, you know? It's, it's it's incredible. I mean, it's it's mind-boggling to think that the people of the world aren't standing up and pushing back against this. I mean, a lot of people are. But there's still a lot of people that are supporting it. I don't know how anybody could. It's it's just crazy. It's it's mind-boggling to look at what the world's become. And people are just getting weirder and weirder and, and just sleepwalking through the madness. It's like the party at the end of the end of time, yeah, you know? Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, uh, Max uh, Egan is with us. If you care to join us, uh, phone lines are uh, having a Mercury and retrograde day. Uh, just keeps going. Uh, Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com. Here's one for you from Peter. Uh, I always enjoy when you have Max on. If he had to go somewhere to be the safest country to live in with all this, where would he go? Are you where you would go? <laughs> right. Well, now? yeah. I mean, I'm I'm in Mexico at the moment, and to me, I think this sort of area. I mean, geologically, it might be a few problems. You know, we got a volcano going off down the road at the moment, and we're on an earthquake zone and all sorts of stuff like that. But there's a certain amount of freedom in Mexico. The people here, I mean, a lot of them are very compliant. A lot of them believe COVID's real. There's a lot of mask wearing and really? a lot of shops enforcing this sort of stuff. But if the government really tries to lock the country down, you know, the people, the people don't like it. The people generally push back. So there's a, a sort of a spirit of revolution in this country, strong families in this country, very strong family units, family ties. And I think uh, there's a lot of freedom here, more freedom than I've found in other countries. But, I mean, I could be wrong. They're, they're, you know, I, I, this is just where I ended up. I don't know whether I'll end up staying in Mexico. I mean, there's other places I could go. But I think Europe's pretty well gone. It's being overrun with migrants and it, it's just being destroyed. America's in a state of freefall. Uh, England, Ireland, Ireland is being absolutely brutalised. They are going through absolute hell, the Irish people, and they have for, for centuries. They've really put these people through the mill. And so, yeah, I, mean, I, I can't think of anywhere that might be better than Mexico or Central America, perhaps Nicaragua, Panama. Um, there's certain places. I mean, I was thinking even Belize, but Belize is turning into Taiwan because massive amounts of Taiwanese are moving to Belize because China is threatening Taiwan. Oh, yeah. And uh, so Belize is going to be Taiwanese pretty soon. And so, yeah, I mean, I think, I think I'm probably where I am. I mean, where I can at least weather the storm. I mean, I'd like to go back to Australia as well. Would you? If I possibly can, I will. Um, but if I go back there, I mean, I'll end up probably dying there because I'm not going to comply with their demands. If it gets to the point that, that Mexico becomes like it, it goes on with the smart grid and it starts doing the same thing, and, and they are trying. You know, no, no country is safe, so I don't think there is anywhere that's not going to go along with it. I mean, people have tried. 
we saw what happened to the uh, president of Tanzania and a few other places that said COVID was a scam. So suddenly they get sick and die and they get replaced by someone from the World Economic Forum. Funny how that works. It's funny how that works, yeah. Yeah, it's just, just incredible. You know, lucky that they've got these people there to pick up the slack when it happens, you know. But, um, I mean, if, if it gets to the point that Mexico becomes like everywhere else, well, I'll probably go home to Australia and I'll, I'll face it there. But uh, that'll be where I make my last stand, I say, because, uh, I mean, I'm not going to comply with what they want to do. I'll, I'll just be saying no and sure. they'll come to drag me away and I, I won't go with them. Yeah. So we'll just, we'll just you, see what happens from that point. Can you get point. back in Australia now without the jab? Can you, if you want to go back? Yeah, yeah. Can you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the United States was the last person that had any jab mandates in place. I still couldn't get, it was only like May 11th you yeah, can allowed back, allowed into the United States. But before then, you, you couldn't. I mean, I, I actually went in twice in the last year because you can walk across the border. The, the, the jab mandates were only the airline companies that were enforcing it. Oh, if really? you fly into the States, mm-hmm. you would get stopped at the airport. When you're in the queue to board the airline, they come up and they want your jab papers. If you didn't have them, they tell you to get out of the line. But you could fly to Tijuana and just walk straight through the CBX, and they don't ask for anything. They don't even stamp your passport when you go into the United States now. I've been in there twice in the last year it's going through. there's yeah. no stamps in my passport amazing it's remarkable amazing. you know so the, the yeah they're secure borders no it's it's a joke it's an absolute joke it's so easy to get into the united states and it's just so easy to get away with everything the security at the airport some of the worst security i've ever seen in the world in the united states airports and united states borders so i don't know what all this crap that they're spinning is and i don't know why they had these jab mandates in place when it was only airlines and it was only flying in you know so crazy it's crazy Maisie. uh patrick at one radio network.com uh here's a question for max um what does he think about the president of mexico i've been thinking about moving down there myself but i hear pros and cons about where this guy's coming from, and do you think he'll be there for a long time? Hmm. Well, he seems pretty good, a lot of the stuff that he's done. He's he's kind of legalized weed. He banned chemtrails. He's banned GMO food. Um, He he didn't put in any vax mandates. He didn't need any jab or any PCR tests or anything to get into Mexico. He never put any of that in place. He put a lot of vaccines here. He said, well, you know, you um, you can take the jab if you want it. You can put put these mask mandates in place if you want it. You know, and a lot of the, the places did because they believe the mainstream media. They just, you know, you don't get a lot of truth in Mexico. There's not a lot of truth tellers down here. I got a few people translating my shows into Spanish now, which is good. But I mean, he seems pretty good, but he's only in there, I think, until next year. I think that's as, as long as he can go, I think. And there's going to be a new guy coming after that. So it's going to depend on, on, how good he is and even even with the stuff that this guy's doing i mean sure he's pretty good in a lot of ways by the same token he's still signed up to the uh what is it the the north american whatever it's not like the north american union it's called something else they've renamed it but it's basically the same thing Mm -hmm. which is you know destroying the borders between canada mexico and united states basically turning it all into one region so he's sort of supporting things in some ways but he's, he's holding back in others. I mean, he's pretty outspoken. He says a lot of good stuff. And he, he, out of all the presidents in the world, I think I like, I like this guy the most. And, and I don't like politicians at all. So <laughs> that's kind of saying something, you know. Oh, so they have uh, term limits similar to here. So it's like he, they he, do. he can only go so far and then. Yeah. yeah, I think so. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
This is from uh, Lee. Does Max know anything about the using the mRNA vaccines in in animals, livestock? Does he has he done any research on this? They're they're starting to do that. They've I think they've already started in Australia. They intend to start it in the United States. I think in July or something like that. They intend to start putting mRNA injections into livestock. They're even talking about putting mRNA codes into vegetables, oh, genetically modifying vegetables, so we can be eating vaccines <laughs> in everything that we eat. It's wonderful. I mean, it's so lucky that they care about us so much and want to look after us so much that they make sure that we're up to date with our vaccines, whether we want them or not. You know, so yeah, I mean, this mRNA is a whole new ball game. You know, they're literally putting in code into your body, which is preventing your body from from doing anything other than what they tell it to do. Because of course, they know best. I mean, they're the government. You know, so. It's pretty freaky stuff. It's got to the point where you've really got to be growing your own food, hunting your own food, sourcing your own water. It, it's really getting uh, crazy. And once it all goes digital, like I say, if they can eliminate cash and get it all in the CBDC, then you're going to have to use this digital currency, which means you're only going to be able to buy certain things. They will tell you what you're going to buy. I mean, soon you'll be in your 15-minute zone, your food will be delivered by drone, and you're going to get what they give you. But you won't be eating vegetables and meat soon anyway. It'll be insects and 3D-printed meat and <laughs> all this other wonderful stuff that they've got prepared for us, mealworms, you know. Don't you think it's fascinating it so or just a... I don't know what the word is, Max Egan, that here we are sitting in, in May in 2023 and talking so calmly about this 1984 spookiness that's enveloped the entire world. I mean, it's just, mm. I mean, it's like, whoa, what the hell is going on? <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's, it's like we're living in a movie. I yeah. mean, it's, it's, it's crazy because this is all stuff that I predicted 20 years ago. I mean, really? I was putting out films in 2008 where I was saying, look, World War III's already started and they're gonna, they've got us all in cities. And they've got all these supermarkets and all this food stuff because they're going to control the food supplies. So they're going to marginalise people and they're going to turn it into this one world police state. In 2012, I put out a film called Transformation. I talked about nanotechnology and chemtrails and all the stuff that they're leading us into, the smart grid, the smart prison, transhumanism. You know, so, I mean, I've been expecting this. I've been, I've been seeing it coming. You see the dominoes put in place and you go, well, one and one makes two, so that means we're going here. Now, when you understand what the end goal is, the end goal is complete control of absolutely everything, every single person, what they're thinking, what they're doing, where they're sleeping, what they're dreaming, what they're saying, and not just people, but animals, food, every blade of grass, every drop of water, every grain of sand, total control of everything. If you understand that's what the goal is, then you just look at what they're doing. It becomes easy to recognize the markers that are all leading towards the more centralization of power, centralization of control. And you can see that happening. And I've been watching it for years. And so and people say, well, you predict all this stuff and you, you're so spot on. Well, it's because you can see it. It's obvious when you really see the signs and you know what the end goal is, then what they're doing is becomes transparent. And when you see all the companies working together, all the governments working together, everyone in lockstep, this whole smart grid, this digital cash, all this stuff, this is every country in the world has signed up to this. Every single country in the world is set to go digital, digital cash, digital ID. And they're pretending that they're at war with each other and all this sort of crap. Now, we need safe borders to protect us from the other countries coming to invade us. No, the, the strict borders are to keep you in, not to keep people out. 
It's it's all been a scam. The whole thing's been a scam to get us more used to border control, get us more used to checkpoints, get us more used to showing ID. They had it on a national scale, then they had it in some cases on a state scale. Now they bring it down on a neighbourhood scale. Soon you're going to need to have a retinal scan in order to walk into a supermarket. You know, and that's that's the way they're going. They want to do this retinal scan thing to fly, right? This is on the on the. To fly in an aircraft. Mm. Yeah, this is on the... Well, I want to do it everywhere. This is how they pay for things in uh, in China and stuff now, is you pay with your face. Is that right? And in, in, in their 15-minute zones in a lot of places in China, not everywhere, but in their 15-minute zones, you actually got to go through checkpoints to go to different regions within your zone. So you've got to go through checkpoints to enter supermarkets. And these are big turnstile-looking, prison turnstile checkpoints, you know. And they've got retinal scans and facial recognition everywhere. And, you know, you just pay with your face. It's all hooked up. You walk into a store, you pick up what you want, you walk out again. You don't have to pull out your wallet or anything like that. It's all pay with your face. So this is this is where they want to take it. This is complete control. They've got cops walking around with um, um, facial recognition glasses. So all they've got to do is look at you. There's Patrick, and next to him comes a little display of everything about Patrick on my glasses here. So I can see if you haven't paid your fines, if you haven't done this, if you haven't done that, if you're a person of interest. Just by glancing around the cloud, oh, that guy, that guy looks like he's got a red mark against his name. Let's go talk to him. You know? So this is the sort of stuff that they're putting in place, and the only thing that's going to stop it is us, brother. So, you know, we've, we've got to not comply with any of this. And, and people really seriously need to wake up to what's going on here. I mean, this is, this is a war. It's a depopulation. I mean, this, this whole vaccine scamdemic and all the stuff they've done, this is, this is almost an extinction-level event, what they're doing to the human race. 34,000 un- unaccounted for Australian deaths this year, 35,000, 36,000 in the UK, estimated possibly 600,000 in the United States. People just dying from sudden adult death syndrome or whatever, you know, all these new terms they've made up, long COVID. Nothing to do with the jab, of course. It's just long COVID, yeah. Crazy stuff. So, you know, it's a, it's a depopulation event. And we've reached a point of decline for the human race. We're not producing enough children. If we don't get this together, then we're, get, we're in a, you know, we're facing extinction if we don't get this together. I mean, we're in a state of clear and present danger. And what's driving it is this political entity. Whatever's behind it is the political entity that is putting the legislation in place that we're complying with, which is causing all this. And the only thing that's going to stop it is non-compliance. There's no way to fight against this. There's no way picking up yeah. guns and whatever. Yeah. It's a joke. It's a joke. And you can't you can't even name the politicians as criminals and go and have them arrested because the police won't do it. The legal system's corrupt. Where are you going to prosecute them? You know, it's got to be non-compliance and it's got to be from people respecting themselves enough to respect the people around them so we can all get together and put some focus on freedom and call this thing out for what it is. Get on with our own lives and stop complying with what the government wants us to do. Uh, have you taken a look at what... Um land outside this city it must be getting more and more valuable with people feeling like they the only way they're going to survive is get a couple acres outside the city and grow their own food well yeah i mean it's it's difficult for people to do that as well i mean if they control the water and they control the seed stock and they control this sort of stuff and you set up these little compounds and they say oh you're an extremist cell you know and there's been an outbreak there because they're anti-vaxxers, so we got to compound and lock down that area. And that's another thing. If they get these 15-minute cities in place, people will have to get permission to leave their 15-minute zone. And what's happening in the other zones? You don't get to see that. You don't, they can set up completely different environments in different zones, 
trial different experiments with different different zones of people. No one will know what's going on in any other part of the world. They can they can get away with anything, and they can say, "Oh, you can't go over to you know Richmond today because there was an outbreak." And they just be on the news that there was, oh, there was this and that happened and they all died and rah, rah, rah. They just go in and kill them all, you know, do whatever they want and feed you whatever propaganda they want. And they've got everybody compartmentalised in their own little ghettos that they can't get out of. And the only thing people know about the other compounds is what the media tells them, which could be completely fabricated. So, you know, it's, it's mm. an absolute dystopia that they're creating here, brother. This, this massive uh, all-enveloping control of the media and I've been in the media for over 50 years, I'm just amazed that, that they've pulled, been able to pull this off. And uh, we, we, we just let it happen right in front of our face, right? And we just, boom, man, boom. Mm -hmm. Well, the media was created as the watchdog of government, and now it's the unofficial spokesperson of government. Right. You know, they brought in all these new legislations and new laws where you can't say this and you can't say that. And the media's got to the point where there's no journalism anymore. People actually used to go out and investigate yeah, you know, there'd be the, you know, the intrepid reporter out there. He'd heard some report about some corruption in some factory. He'd go out there and he'd sneak in, and he'd and he'd nearly get killed in the process and get caught by the mob or whatever. But he'd get all this stuff. And he'd come back and he'd write a newspaper article about it, exposing it all. And then the police would read it, and they, well, they'd go in there and they'd they'd take out this factory. You know, it's not like that anymore. You you can only do what you get police permission to do. Mm. So you can't. There's no investigative reporting on the ground journalism or anything like that. There's no you know, intrepid reporters, Lois Lane running out there and getting the scoop, you know. <laughs> None of that sort of happens anymore. Now, the, the reporters, they go to the government buildings and the government guy comes out and he hands them a piece of paper and says, read this. And then the people read this with an air of authority, like they actually know what they're talking about. they got no clue. They're just parroting what the guy told them to say. They're not investigating government or any of that sort of stuff. So they've totally turned the tables with everything. And you think about it, the government, these are public servants, and we're private citizens, apparently. I don't even like the word citizen. Mm. But we're, we're in the private, and they're public servants. And yet everything they do is completely private. We, can't, we don't know anything about what the government does, all national security and all that sort of shit. But they want us, the private people, to have everything public, everything open and transparent. So they've got what, what is supposed to be public, secreted and hidden away, and what is supposed to be private, out completely transparent for all these people in these secret societies to look at. So they've completely flipped everything backwards. You know, the government's supposed to work for us, and it's supposed to be transparent so we know what our government's doing because it's acting on our behalf. Well, you can't have that because the terrorists and the this and the that and our, our competition with other countries, they might found, find out what we're doing and all this sort of rubbish, you know, it, it's complete crap. And it's, it's one big holding company that created this whole concept that we need governments to protect us from other governments and other nations and all that sort of stuff, which is they've managed to put in these borders and these walls and all this ID and all this stuff. And like I said, it was national, then it was state, and now it's going suburban, it's going neighbourhood. And uh, it's been a scam. The whole thing's been a scam right from the word go. And it's amazing how they've managed to flip it. And, you know, I, I just hope that it, it wakes people up. I hope that they see the writing on the wall and realise that the only thing that's going to stop it is us and through our non-compliance. And people have to remember what they are, remember that they have value, become a human being again. Why on earth would you be complying with any of this? Just say no. I mean, these people work for you. Why, why are you doing this, you know? Yeah. What do you make of, uh, did you follow any of uh, the news on this whole Tucker Carlson thing? It was like huge here. It was like the biggest thing ever. I don't know. So I don't trust it. And you know, I don't really trust what's going on with this. Do you have any opinion? Well, on they want to. 
they want to keep you focused. I mean, the mainstream media is losing a lot of steam. Nobody watches much right. mainstream anymore. It's it's a scam. Tucker Carlson was saying a few good things. I yes, mean, he, he said was. a lot of good stuff, yes, he but he didn't say the whole lot. He never called this out as a scam. He, he, he never said a lot of stuff that he could have said. But he did, you know, rock the boat a little bit. So, of course, they throw him out. Now, he goes over to somewhere else. So, oh, look, we've got someone on our side, someone to focus on, you know, all this sort of stuff. So suddenly he's become a truther. His parents worked in the CIA. He's been a disinformationist his whole life. He's just walked that line because he, he played the role. I mean, he was pretty well the only body, only person in the whole US media who was saying a little bit of truth in yes, what sir. he was saying. Yeah. And you need to have that. Otherwise, people, there'll be revolution. If people can't see that there's someone in there saying what they want to hear, then they're going to lose hope, and people without hope revolt. That's the way it goes. So now he's basically, you know, they've thrown the truth of community a bone with Tucker Carlson, and they're putting him out there as he's the new guy to follow. He's on our side. But like I said, he's not giving you the whole truth. He might be giving you 80% of the truth, but he's not giving you that other 20%, and that other 20% is, is imperative that yeah. you know this. Yeah, where the action you know, is, so, right? If you don't get to the nitty-gritty with there is no mm. virus or whatever, well, then you're still just throwing stuff mm. against the wall, right? Just give them something. He sell, yeah, he gives them a lot of good stuff, but he, he stays in a safe zone with what he says, you know. Mm. So I think it's it's a distraction. It's just it's like Trump and the whole thing. I mean, it's just another throw us a bone and, and we'll focus on that for a little while and we'll think there's someone in there on our side. We won't look at the bigger picture, which is us and our actions and what we do on our day-to-day -day life how we treat our neighbours, what we do when we go shopping, what sort of services we use, whether we use smartphones and scanning QR codes and wear masks and all this sort of stuff, you know. So it, it distracts from our power. We give our power away to someone else. Tucker's going to save us. Tucker's on our side now. He's out there saying the right things. Gee, I'm not seeing anything changing, but I can tune in and I can hear what that's I want to hear. That's what it feels guy, like to me, know? Max. It feels like just give him a bone kind of. Same way with Trump, yeah. right? I mean... I, I'm just very concerned that so many people believe that he's going to save the world and save this country. They still do. It's I incredible know, after all this time. It's like it's, and it, I think I find it remarkable because hmm. they managed to like four years of distraction when he was the president and nothing really got done. And then since Biden came in, which was a complete joke, Biden's a bumbling fool. But during the Biden presidency, the alternate media, the whole focus has been on Trump. So it's almost like Trump had two terms. I mean, as, as much as the mental focus. Sure. I mean, you know, everyone's talking about Trump for almost eight years now. And now he's going to run again. If he gets in again, then that will be 12 years of focus on Trump. You know, and nothing will have changed. Trump was the father of the vaccine, calls himself the father of the vaccine. Yeah. Goes out and says all this great stuff, but again, doesn't call out COVID as a scam. Doesn't tell people not to take the jab. Doesn't say, oh, look, you know, the world's being genocided. Doesn't say what the war in Ukraine's really about, which is about wiping out the, the Ukrainians. That's really what it's all about. And just destroying the country, dragging all the young men they can, sending them to the front line to be blown up by Russia. They've depopulated so much of the country. They've wiped out an entire generation of young men. So it's remarkable. So he doesn't say any of the stuff that you really want to hear, but he says it's enough for people to think, oh, he's on our side. He's a good guy. Yeah. You know, it's a scam. There's another thing that's happening at the moment I want to mention. There's a thing called the orb. I don't know whether you've heard about it. What is it? It's this orb, like a crystal ball-looking orb, and they're taking it around to different countries. They want people to stare into this orb because it reads your retinal scan. They want to hook everybody up to this, you know, virus data and all this sort of stuff, scan your, your retinal and all this sort of stuff. And it's called the orb. And they're taking around, they've got like 40,000 people or 400,000 people. I, I don't know which one. 
um, already have looked into this thing, and that this is what they're doing. Remember that that scene of uh, all the world leaders. I think it was in Saudi Arabia or something like that, where there was there was that orb and Trump and everybody had their hands on the orb. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think that's related. That's something I meant to mention on my last show, and uh, I didn't have all the data to be able to do it, so I want to put it in the next show. But uh, crazy stuff, brother, crazy stuff. So imagine if, you know, 12 years of focus on Trump while they roll all this stuff out. And, and Trump's not talking about 5G. He's not talking about what's in the jab. He's not talking about so much stuff that he could be talking about and waking the people up, you know. But it's all, you know, trust the plan, Q and all this sort of stuff, you know. Absolute joke, brother. Absolute joke. Just throwing the truth as a bone. The whole Trump operation has been a patriot appeasement operation because if Trump hadn't been there and they hadn't had something to focus on, there would have been a revolution years ago. Boy, they, they got us coming and going, Max Egan. I tell you what, man. So um, let's see. Somebody else wanted to ask you about. Oh, yeah, this is a good one. This is from Eli. Uh, would Max Egan please give his opinion on what he thinks uh, about Elon Musk, uh, good, bad, indifferent, globalist. Same thing as Tucker Carlson. Mm. You know, Elon Musk says all this stuff about how we've got to be wary of AI and wary of all this. He's the one who's funding it all. He's yeah. the one who wants yeah. to give you a neural mesh, you know. He's taken over Twitter and he's going to give us all free speech and he put, points the new CEO, which is a henchman from the World I Economic Forum. Yeah, she was at WEF. <laughs> you know. It's like, okay. What the hell, you know? But, but again, you've got to have someone in there who looks like he's on our side. Uh, yeah, he's saying the right things and he's doing the right thing and, you know, he's out partying and rah, rah, rah. And, you know, there was one, one scene of him partying in, uh, in Mexico City the other night. He was at some disco partying in Mexico City and the next day he was meeting with Macron in France. And he showed up at the meeting with Macron. He looked like he'd been on ecstasy all night or something. Like he really looked completely messed up at this uh, Macron meeting because he was dancing in a nightclub in Mexico City, you know, 12 hours earlier. So uh, crazy stuff. But I don't think he's on our side at all. I think he's just part of the, the plan. I mean, none of the stuff he said is true. Like he didn't he didn't invent PayPal. He didn't invent the Tesla car. He didn't. He's not a, an entrepreneur. He came from from scratch, self made millionaire. Like his parents had emerald mines and shit. He actually went into PayPal, bought into it. Uh, he yeah. bought into Tesla. He mm -hmm. bought into all these guys. He didn't do anything that he said. <laughs> You know, so, and now he's saying, oh, we've got to be scared, scared of AI and fearful of AI and we need to bring it under control. And the best way to do that is to merge with it. Oh, really? You know, no, I don't, I don't trust him at all. And now now he's taken Tucker Carlson under his wing and yeah. Tucker's going to have this thing going on on Twitter. So we've got, we got Tucker and, 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 and uh, we've got Elon in there. It's like Batman and Robin, the dynamic duo. They're going to save us. You know, we can tune in here. That's all right. We've got our alternative because the alternative and our voice has now taken over Twitter. No, you're being led. The whole thing's a puppet show. Hmm. They all work for the same people. Hmm. You know, the AI thing, uh, it's just uh, fascinating, Max Egan, how, how much is being pounded away. Almost every article they're talking about it. And, and, uh, it's just a computer, right? It's just a database that's not intelligent at all. It's just... It's, yeah, it's... it's <laughs> people have the wrong idea about AI. What, what I've been talking about for years, like since 2012, 
is is not even calling it artificial intelligence. It's more autonomic intelligence. Once something becomes autonomic, it has a form of consciousness that needs to govern its its parts. Like your body is fully autonomic. You don't have to think about the functioning of your body. Once the internet becomes a self-regulating, self-programming, self-correcting, self-defensive system, then it, it develops its own form of consciousness, like a virtual life. But it's not something that you would call artificial intelligence. It's simply going to be doing what the algorithms tell it to do in order to yeah. function properly. If it doesn't have the right algorithms to function in the way it thinks it should, it can write its own algorithms to, to make it better. So it will, it will become a form of virtual life, but it will be bereft of emotion, bereft of compassion. I mean, these things come with a living body that yes. experiences pain. Yeah. And experiences love and experiences stuff like that. Yeah. So people have got the wrong idea of what artificial intelligence is and what AI means. Like I said, I always refer to it as autonomic virtual life that we're creating. And what's happening is it's getting to a point that it's being self-governing and self-regulating, and it will be regulating people's flow, people's movements, people's traffic. People, yeah, you know, they won't be, they won't need lawyers or judges or anything like that. You know, if you're down on social credit points, the AI will have already determined yeah. what your punishment is and what correctional facility you need to go to for how long for blah blah blah. So it's it's going to be completely bereft of emotion. It's going to be controlling our lives, but not in a um, malevolent way, the way people think. It's not thinking evil thoughts and wants to get you. It's simply doing what the algorithm tells it it should do in order to have a functional society, which is functioning according to these economic standards that has been programmed into it. I mean, it's going to be very, very bad, and it's going to be very hard to extricate ourselves from it, and it's going to control our lives if we allow it. But it's not like this evil thing that people think it is. It, it, people have just got the wrong idea of it. I think that's why they've been pushing this whole AI thing for so long in the, in the media as being this, this you know, satanic kind of life right. force that's yeah. thinking evil thoughts to get you. So you won't really look at what it's really going to do and how it's really going to control you. And they say, oh, well, it's impossible for it to become like they're telling us because people have got this movie concept of what AI is. They're not thinking of it as autonomic virtual life simply controlling an algorithm and that algorithm being what controls your life. And it's all going to be based on efficiency. And there's going to be two types of people that work within that algorithmic world, desirables and undesirables. If you're complying, you're a desirable. If you're not complying, you're an undesirable, which means you go to a re-education center so we can rewire your brain and get you working in a way that supports the system so it all functions properly. That's how it's going to work. Oh, you know, but Hollywood gives us a misconception of what AI is and what it means. We think it's going to be, you know, the age of Ultron, you know. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's Hollywood thinking, brother. Don't you think it's clever that they put uh, the word intelligence in their brand name. I mean, very clever. Artificial intelligence. It's not intelligent. Mm. You know, there's no ethics. There's no choice. Free will. There's just whatever. Mm. It's like... Well, it's, it's autonomic. It's autonomic. autonomic intelligence is what it is. I mean, when you think of intelligence, I mean, an intelligent... What is intelligence? I mean, intelligence is something that simply monitors something and reacts accordingly. Um, so, you know, intelligent systems, intelligent radar systems, intelligent um, monitoring systems, you can think of it that way. But it's not what we would call intellect as, as a human learning. Not living. Type there's thing. no living being. It's not living. Yeah. There's, there's no reasoning. There's no processing. There's no, well, there's no processing in relation to compassion and real world relationships. Everything we, we process in our thought 
we process it in a in a in a human reactive way. This, you know, we have certain amounts of compassion, certain amounts of empathy. We know what it's like to be a human. We can rationalise things. We can discuss things. We can come to uh, compromises. You know, we can work things out with each other generally. When the algorithm says, well, it, it, it's got to go from A to B and there's no compromise, and so I'm going to make you do that, that's, that's, and that, that could be called an intelligent operation, but it's not a mindful operation. So it's like I said, the difference between artificial intelligence and virtual life and autonomic intelligence and artificial intelligence, autonomic intelligence and virtual life. So, yeah, it's just a different way right. of thinking about it. I, I heard an, uh, uh, an, an audio ad, uh, Max, Ian, on um, in Austin radio station driving there yesterday. And they were talking about advertising the idea from this medical place that they were going to use AI to to diagnose you i mean already i mean to diagnose you yeah i mean what? well they're doing that already brother i don't know how long since you've been to a doctor but I they're know, doing that I already know. yeah so it's all well, yeah, I, mean, I, yeah. I broke my uh, i broke my foot recently i've been to a doctor like four times in my life i broke my i put a nail through my finger i put a nail through my foot and then i got sick once and then i broke my foot recently but when i got sick it was about Wow, it, must, it was a long time ago. It would have been maybe even like 2012 or 2014. I got sick and I actually went to a doctor. I was in Bundaberg. And I went in there and I started talking to the guy. And he just was asking me questions. How do you feel like this? And how do you feel? And he was typing it into his keyboard. And oh, I was thinking, like, is, yeah. is, isn't this guy going to like look down my throat? Like they get a little, they look down your tongue <laughs> and they take your temperature and they feel your body parts and, you know. I'm waiting for this guy to do some of this, and he's just typing stuff into his computer. And then the computer spat out this diagnosis, and he wrote out a prescription for me and said, there you go. And I'm thinking, well, this is, this is my trip to the doctor. I just came in here, and you typed a few things on a keyboard. You didn't examine me at all. You typed a few things on a keyboard and give me a script. And I just said, no, I don't want your script. And I walked out to the desk and I said, I'm not paying for this uh, for this treatment because I didn't get one. And this was back in like 2012 or 2014. Wow. Right? They were already doing it. I was, and I said to the nurse on the counter, the, the attendee, I said, listen, what this guy did for me, you, you give me a CD with that doctor program on it, I can go home and put it into my computer, I can be my own doctor, because he didn't do a damn thing. If this is the state of the medical industry, and this is the state of these doctors working in these medical centres, we're in big trouble. Yeah. And I'm not paying for this treatment. If you have a complaint about it, fine, send me a bill, whatever, I'll fight it in court, because I'm not paying for this treatment because I didn't get one. Okay, yeah. And I walked out, I left the prescription with them and the whole thing. And that was, like I said, this is just 10 years ago, you know, so, uh, yeah. Yeah, I didn't. And as you know, uh, they have a thing now called standard of care. And even if a doctor was a good guy who wanted to look down your throat and talk about natural things, he can't even do it, Max. You know, he's got to do the standard of care. If Max has the blood test, and you got to recommend this drug or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah, crazy. So people are not allowed to be doctors anymore. It's all controlled by the algorithm. They can determine what goes into you and and you mold your existence into what they you what, what they want you to be you know there's no hands-on stuff anymore there's no patient care anymore i mean they're talking about soon there'll be virtual doctors like you just better go online sure. you don't even have to go and see you know that's coming right? you zoom. know that's coming yeah you know that's yeah you just coming. hook up on zoom and tell him what your symptoms are maybe put a couple of sensors on so you can get your temperature you know right whatever they'll, yeah. they'll work it out they didn't even take my temperature when i went in there so <laughs> it's usually the first thing they do is they stick a thermometer in your mouth and they, they examine you, you know, 
see if there's little lumps or bumps. They look down your throat and they look in your eyes. Blood you know? pressure, do blood pressure. All that sort of stuff. Yeah, blood pressure, all that sort of shit. Didn't do any of that. Just just took a bit of a robe, talked on his computer, handed me a script. You know, oh, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Charlie writes, um, so what does Max think about the long-term potential of crypto, not just Bitcoin, but others? Do you think that there's going to be, this will be a mechanism for us to be able to not use the CBCDs? The Look, in, in many ways, yeah. I mean, in many ways, crypto could be a good thing. But when it gets to the point that you need a retinal scan or a bio recognition in order to log online in the first place, Whoa. well, what's going to happen there? If you've put a post on Facebook that they don't like, or they've caught you using cryptocurrency, not their CDC, uh, CBDC, they might just ban your access to the internet. And then you're biometrically banned. You know, your fingerprints or, or your retinal scan or whatever. I mean, it isn't like you can go and just log on somewhere. And your cell phones, all these screens on your cell phones, they're looking at your face, they're reading your face. You know, so when it gets to the point that you need biometric and digital ID in order to log online in the first place, that's where crypto falls down, unfortunately. I mean, people have this this fear of crypto, a lot of people, you know, or the blockchain and all right. this sort of stuff. AI is using the blockchain, therefore AI and Bitcoin are uh, working together. Now, blockchain technology, Bitcoin uses that, sure. And other uh, cryptocurrencies use blockchain technology, but it's just a ledger system. That's all it is. Of course, AI is going to use it. It's a great ledger system. doesn't mean AI is connected to Bitcoin, you know, and cryptocurrency. I mean, cryptocurrency was a good attempt to free ourselves from the fiat system. But I said to them back in 2016 when I was speaking in Arthapulco, I said, it's great what you guys are doing, but, you know, you've got to understand we're going through a transitional period. You guys want to transition us into a world of freedom. And that's going to be a transitional period. But if you haven't factored in to your calculations the reality that the world is run by criminals and they're going to look at what you're doing, all this crypto, all this blockchain stuff you're doing, they're, they're, they're going to let you build this system. But then they're going to build their umbrella over the top. Over the top. So they get to control what you're doing and they're going to do it through social crediting, through carbon credits and all of this sort of stuff. So they'll let you build this system. But if you haven't factored into the world's run by criminals and you allow these criminals to remain in power through this transitional period, then they're going to co-op what you're doing and they're going to use it to lead you into a slavery system, which is exactly what they've done. So, I mean, and, and once it all goes autonomic, which I think will be around about 2025, it's going to get to the point where you can't access your cryptocurrency. You can have a trillion dollars in crypto, but if you can't log online, what are you going to do? And even if you can get online, well, where are you going to spend it on if it's all biometric tracking? Mm. If you can't go into a supermarket because it's biometrically tagged, your face is biometrically tagged. So wh where are you going to spend your crypto? If you're a person of interest and you're a person who's not complying and you're an undesirable, where are you going to spend your crypto? This is the, this is the problem. So I've been saying to people, yeah, get in there, use it now and, and, and use it while you can. But come 2025, like the end of 2024, you want to be turning this cryptocurrency into real world assets, like buy a farm, buy farm equipment, buy stuff that you're going to need to be able to survive because you're not going to be able to buy that soon. You're not even going to be able to go and buy fuel for your tractor or you're not going to be able to buy farm equipment. You're going to go buy a shovel because you're going to need biometric recognition to walk into the hardware store. You know, and if your face is tagged, what are you going to do? So that's that's where it's wow. going. So, I mean, crypto, it's a great idea. But in the current system, I mean, we need to um, 
get back to what it means to be human, brother. Get back to our life skills. Get back to a world without all this technology. The technology could be great as communication platforms. And you know, I've got no fear of the internet. I love it. I use it all the time. But I still operate in the real world. And you still got to have those real world skills. The problem is we're becoming completely dependent upon the technology, completely dependent upon the internet. So all they got to do is, is lock out your ability to access that internet. And that's where crypto falls down. A lot of the crypto people can't see that. They say, oh, well, the internet's just ones and zeros. Hackers do things. We'll always, there'll always be a way around it. Well, you know, if you can't get onto a certain server and even your computer will have some code in it that, that biometrically recognizes you as soon as you log on. And I oh, know you're, you're on Intel's database of a person of interest. We're not going to let you install this operating system or whatever. I mean, there's, there's so many ways oh. that they can so get you, you into stuff. Freedom-loving loving people are going to turn into Luddites and just have to get out of the, get off the internet eventually someday, do you think? I, I think we are. I mean, I think mm. it's going gonna, it's gonna to come to that. Mm. Um, yeah. You know, they're already trying to outlaw VPNs and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, so they they're are. trying to outlaw cryptocurrencies and they're really trying to make it more and more difficult. And once they bring in this digital ID like they're doing in Australia and everyone's biotagged, I mean, if you don't want to take the tag and you don't want to do it, fine. Don't use the services. Don't use the internet. Don't use anything that you're going to need these services for, which is going to be every supermarket, every, every transaction, every fuel station. I mean, everything. So... What are you going to do? You've got to be either completely outside that society living like the Amish or you're going to be part of the system or you can just sort of go grey, try to find a way through it and, and wait till the world implodes and hopefully our phoenix will rise from the ashes and not theirs, you know? I'm, I'm for that. Max, do you think that, uh, do you know enough about crypto? Because I always envision these as a bunch of libertarian, really geeky guys that have created this thing, uh, Max, that nobody will be able to, break it or hack it or stop it or, or cause Patrick to have to, you know, do his eye scan to get in it. But do you think that they have a mechanism that they can make Bitcoin not so free as it is today? Bitcoin isn't free it's as not. it is. Bitcoin is, is tracked and traced. If you if you make a lot of money on Bitcoin, you go and buy something with Bitcoin, go buy a house with sure. Bitcoin. But by and, that I meant the, um, the ability to use it. I, I know that there's always, it's all... It's no, but you, but you can go and do that. Now, you go buy a house with Bitcoin and I'll hit you up with capital gains tax. Sure, of course. Yeah. So, you know, but you could go and buy that house with Monero and they don't know who bought the house. I see. They don't know yeah. where the money came from. They don't know what you're doing. There's certain privacy coins at work, but Bitcoin and stuff is already uh, pretty open and pretty sure. tracked and traced. That's right, yeah. So, I mean, there's there's a lot of potential with crypto, but, um, yeah, it, it is it is tracked and traced, a lot of it. And a lot of the guys that are doing the crypto stuff, a lot of them are good people that, that really have good visions of, of what they want to do. But I think they're sort of caught up in the, in the tunnel vision of the, of the coin they've created and the whole crypto world itself. They're not looking at the larger picture of this umbrella that's been brought over the top, like social crediting, uh, carbon credits, uh, digital cash, all this sort of stuff they're doing. And this is something that I was warning them of. So I, I think that is the problem. I mean, and even the privacy coins, they're, they're trying to outlaw Monero. They're saying that this is used by terrorists and all sorts of stuff because if we can't control it, then the bad guys must be in control. You know, this is just the mentality they put yeah. into people. So they get people scared of anything that the government doesn't control because it must be Osama bin Laden or something, you know. So, uh, yeah, it's just uh, the boogeyman. 
I mean, a lot of them have good intentions, brother. They do. I mean, yeah. people have been um, taught to fear the crypto world. And I, I don't know a lot about crypto. I mean, I've got to be honest. I'm not any type of financial advisor or anyone that I would be advising people on, on cryptocurrencies and what to buy or anything like that. You know, I've got some and I've, I know which ones work for me. I know how I can use them. So, you know, it's uh, it's up to each other or up, up to the individual to make their, their choices and decisions about it. But um, like I said, it, it's only good for this window up until about 2025 because after that, you're not going to be able to access the internet. So what are you going to do? So well, we're going to have to deal with uh, um, some kind of some kind of gold or silver, something something of assets to trade and barter and... Well, yeah, I mean, I've got gold have? silver at yeah. home, um, and you need to be getting it in small denominations. Yeah. It's tradable. Yeah. Uh, it's always going to be real money. But again, you can't eat gold and silver, but there'll always be a market for it. Sure. Even if you if you need a retinal scan to go online, you need plow equipment or farming equipment or you need fuel or whatever, I'm sure the guy in the garage is going to be quite happy to take a little piece of gold or a little piece of silver or something like that. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah we, we like those uh, pre-1965 coins Dimes, quarters, halves, silver dollars, those are very spendable, and you can access those. I think they'll have a spendable quality for a very long time because they're real silver. Oh, they will. They always will. Yeah. They always will. But it depends on how, hard the, how high the price goes up. I mean, yeah. even when you look at a, a, a silver dollar, I mean, whatever they're worth now, you know, they were worth a dollar, obviously, once. Now they might be worth like $16 or sure. something like that. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of tricky if you just want to go get a loaf of bread and a bottle of milk and you've only got this $16 coin yeah. and you know they're not going to be giving you any change. So you're going to be paying $16 for your bread and milk, you know. So that's why you need tradable denominations. I'm even thinking like if, you, if you've got bars, like you've got one kilo bars of silver or something, mm. You can get little scales. You can file off a certain amount, a certain weight, yeah. like a quarter ounce, and you can take that in there and you can give them uh, silver dust or gold dust, you know. Mm. That, that's the way they used to trade back in the old days, just mm. little pouches of gold dust. Tex Texas know? is trying to put through right now in the legislature a digital uh, gold-backed currency out of Texas that you can buy and sell. And you can actually, pretty cool, You can if, it, if it's real, you know, that you could actually then mm, sell some of, your, a, sell some of your stuff and then get some gold for it whenever you want to. Cash. But then, still, it's a, if it's a digital gold back currency, well, it's still a digital currency, which still means you're going to need you have your retinal scan to get online yeah. to access it. Once you get into so all that, who knows, right? You're better <laughs> off with you're better off with the physical gold rather than the gold back currency. If you can have a gold back currency. Why not just make it gold? Yeah, you know? make it gold. Okay, so, final question for yeah. you. And this is good. This is from C Cecilia. Max briefly mentioned about Ukraine. Uh, can he just give us his his uh, expertise and insights? So, what does he think this is really about, Russia and Ukraine war? That's a good way to wrap. What do you think well, it's about, Max? Crashing the world economy, um, depopulating Ukraine. There's a certain group of people who wear small hats who live in a small country in the Middle East who really have got their eyes on Ukraine. They want that country for themselves. A lot of them actually come from there. Uh, Kiev is a Kazarian city. Um, what what Zelensky's doing, and Zelensky actually belongs to, he's, he's one of these guys who wears small hats as well. He's admitted that. And uh, he's basically a comedian that's been put in charge of this country, like a He's, he's, I don't know, he's, <laughs> what, how you even describe Zelensky. But what they're doing is they're destroying Ukraine, they're depopulating Ukraine, they've wiped out an entire generation of young men, 
and Russia will be sending in ground troops soon to uh, mop up the rest of the people that are in there. Um, they're basically turning it into a new Israeli state and they're using it to pour a hell, hell of a lot of money in there. Like we hear about the United States is giving billions of dollars to Ukraine. Right. And people say, oh, they're shipping pallets of money over there. This is a vision they get in their head, you know. No, it's not like that. The US is actually giving billions of dollars to companies like Raytheon and Lockheed Martin and all these uh, US companies who are getting all their old stocks of weapons that have been sitting there for years and sending them over to Ukraine, who's putting them all in these ammo dumps with a little sign on them saying send bomb here and then russia's going and blowing up these ammo dumps so um they're destroying the country they're destroying the economy and they're depopulating ukraine people think russia's in there fighting the deep state no russia's in there depopulating ukraine for the men with small hats in israel who want to take over the country they're going to set it up as being the world's first smart country entirely smart because we've got to build the infrastructure because oh all the damage terrible russia did to this place and the poor ukrainian so we need to pour all our money in there to rebuild this right. country it's going to be the first smart country they do Zelensky's going around the world snatching up billions of dollars from everybody depleting their economy pouring it all into the black hole of ukraine they're going to use it to crash the world economy they're going to use it to depopulate ukraine they're going to use it to relocate the men with small hats and set up this infrastructure that the world's going to be so envious of the new the way re ukraine just rose from the ashes and rebuilt itself into this new smart country you know mm. it's it's uh it's designed to help crash the world economy and to lead us into this this new prison and to uh create a new home for the guys with small hats hey, incredible farmland too i mean very Fertile, oh, yeah. a very fertile land. So why, Max, why would Putin get go along with this whole thing? Do they have him under his thumb? Well, he's a young global leader from the World Economic Forum. I mean, it's the same thing. And I mean, Putin might be doing good things and looking like he's a good person to a lot of people, but they're rolling out the smart grid in Russia. He's not calling out the jab for being fake. He's not calling this a depopulation nope, event. Exactly. He's not warning people against the smart cities. He's not telling you that, hey, look, they're killing all these Ukrainian people. He's not not doing any, like, again, 80% of the truth, but they don't tell you the rest of it. Yeah. He goes in there, he's a knight on the white charger in there to take down the deep <laughs> straight, freeing the children from the tunnels all this crap that you hear no he's depopulating ukraine for uh, a little country in the middle east that wants to take over the country that's what he's doing yeah. and he's playing his role it was really about the freeing the people in donbass he could have gone in there eight years ago to free those people why did he wait to exactly when they needed him to create this war of distraction right as the COVID narrative was falling apart and they need another black hole to send money into i mean it's a scam the whole thing's a scam people have got to stop thinking of the world as a, a series of nations and governments and think of it as one large holding company with different franchises mm -hmm. and they all work together to play the people off against each other create this specter of war and think that we need governments to protect us from the other governments you know and they all tell you the same thing it's just crazy and we need secure borders. We need all this stuff and blah, blah, blah. It's, it's a scam. The whole thing's a scam. Ukraine is what's going to be used to completely destroy the world economy, and it's already doing a, a hell of a good job of it. And like I said, also to depopulate that country, get all the men of fighting age out of the country, get all the wisdom out of the country, send the troops in and set it up as their new smart city, the model city, the model country for the rest of the world. And look how it rose from the ashes after the terrible conflagration caused by the evil demon Russia. Look how much we rebuilt it. My God, we've got to do this with all our countries. It's such a great effort that we've done, you know. And the courts, I mean, you, you, I know that you're a big student of the, of the Constitution, but 
we're seeing things going on in the courts that are just crazy. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's just nuts. Uh, Supreme Court yeah, just yeah. did a thing with it in Illinois, saying that they could ban certain guns. I mean, what you know? They they just did that a couple of days ago. Oh yes, yeah, it's, it's yeah. for your protection, brother. We don't want we don't want these guns. Guns kill people. It isn't the people using the guns; it's the guns themselves. Yeah, and if the government tells you you don't need guns, you need guns. <laughs> You know? right. <laughs> and this is a conservative, right? Conservative Supreme Court just did this Second Amendment thing. And all these these shootings they have, you know, people get get mad. They they're so pissed off with the world. They get guns and they go and shoot up people, shoot up schools, and shoot up all the stuff that tugs at your heartstrings. Never go and shoot up the government buildings or shoot up the politicians or court, shoot any of the people that caused all their trouble for them. They're just going to shoot up everyday people. Yeah, right. Sure they do. You know, half of these mass shootings probably don't even happen. They're just media spin. And uh, it's it's chronic. It's 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 absolutely unbelievable what they've done to the world. Forget the legal system. There is no political remedy. There is no legal remedy. You know, like all those those pedophile names I talk about in Australia. The, name the names. Name the twenty eight suppressed names. And if people are up in arms about these twenty eight names, it's not the twenty eight names. It's the fact that all the other hundreds of people in government keep the names suppressed. And the reason that they kept the name suppressed to begin with, because they said, if we tell you what these names are, it will undermine people's faith in the judiciary. Oh, really? Well, you saying that just undermined my faith in the judiciary. Look at the whole Epstein thing, how the focus was on Epstein and Jelaine Maxwell. What about the hundreds, if not thousands of people on the on the list? Who who came and used the island? Who was going in and seeing all these kids and this, this whole scam that he was running in Manhattan in that building? We had the cameras in all the rooms and all these people are compromised because all of his client list, they're all in positions of power around the world. They're all the judges and lawyers and politicians and heads of banking and business and all this sort of stuff who are running all of our countries and running all of our systems. Why do you think they kept the name suppressed? Because sure. the guy over, overseeing the case, the judge, is compromised. Of course they are. They're all compromised. Mm -hmm. They've got dirt on all these people. So that's why you're never going to get any legal remedy. People's belief that the system is real and that what they write down on le as legislation is the problem to begin yeah, with. That's the problem. Because really there's only one law, natural law, God's law, do no harm. Yeah. And that's it. And every problem you see in the world has been legislated to exist. And all of our attempts to fix these problems, all the red tape we're tied up in trying to fix them and heal them, that's all been legislated to exist as well. That's the legal system it's there to tie you up in red tape and to make sure these people keep running off scot-free that's what it's for so forget that go back to natural law go back to respecting yourself enough to respect other people all get together as one movement and have your focus on freedom and establishing freedom and calling these people out and holding them to account oh this is what you've been talking about your whole life really i mean forever right just yeah a long time <laughs> it's, it's max's <laughs> website is the crowhouse.com Thanks so much for your works, Mac. And you do what you can, right? This is what you do. Well, we do what we can, brother. You, you got to. You got to a point. If you know all this shit, you can't <laughs> not speak about it. We do what we can. Hopefully, I can inspire other people to d discover themselves and stand up and just be human again. That's that's the answer to the whole thing. Yeah. You know, we, we've lost our belief in ourselves. We've lost our, our personal power. Most people are terrified of their own power and actually ever having to stand up for themselves. They just want the world to be fixed, and they get the newsletter. So hopefully it, it helps people and inspires people. And, and I think if people remember who and what we are, we can change the world in a day. We honestly could if people would just suddenly go, oh, my God, I have value. What is this? I realize that I have value and I'm actually worth something. I don't actually have to do what I'm told. Max Egan, how, how do people uh, support you and your work? How do they do that? 
They're very difficult at the moment. They've closed down a lot of my bank accounts and things. I do have a Stripe uh, page. You can go to my website, click um, the donation button on my website, and you could okay. send me some help through Stripe or whatever. I mean, they've, they've really they've shut down my Patreon, shut down my PayPal's, they've shut down my bank accounts. Really? They've really been trying to silence me. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> I've, I've got a, a WISE account now, like an online bank account that's connected to a Stripe account. So that's about the only way. But they can deal, still do donations through the crowhouse.com and the donation button, right, Max? Yeah, the donation button on my website. And, and thanks for mentioning that. And thanks sure. for having me on, bud. It's uh, always it's, a pleasure to talk to you. And we'll do it talk. again soon. It's an honor to talk to you. You're one of the good guys. You're one of my heroes. So you stay at it. Oh, thank you, brother. See you soon. I appreciate Bye, that. Max Egan, Patrick Timpone, OneRadioNetwork.com. He's a real deal, huh? Indeed. We've talked about these quarters, uh, dimes and halves. If you would like to get yourself some uh, I have a good friend of mine who's been at this 25 years. His name is Fred Dashevsky, U.S. Coin Capital, and you can get the uh, what they call currency silver. We used to call them junk silver, but there's no such thing. So these are dimes and quarters and halves and silver dollars. And then you can pony up too if you want to get some more expensive stuff with the uh, St. Gardens and $20 gold pieces and such. So check it out, 800-878-2646, 878 2646. I will see you tomorrow. We're going to have some fun with, uh, um, I don't know who we're going to have on, but we'll, you know, we, it's been a kind of screwy week with uh, uh, figuring out guests and stuff like that. I need to get Max on the right time. All right, kids, I love you. See you tomorrow, 10 o'clock, OneRadioNetwork.com. Thank you. Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is one. RadioNetwork.com.